Active FM presents Food for Thought with Pastor Kevin and Pastor Vicky Ensler. We're continuing with our series, Destroy the Limitations, and the sermon today is entitled, Seek to Save. Let's pray together, repeat after me, say, Lord Jesus, I pray that you'd speak to my life, that you'd minister to my heart, that you'd reveal your word to me today, in a way that I would be able to understand it, so that I can speak it with meaning, and do it, and see it change my life. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. So I want you to think about the limitations on your life. And um, we're going to go back to someone that we spoke about earlier this year in Luke chapter 19, verse 9 and 10. And it says, And Jesus said to him, Today salvation has come to this house, because he is also a son of Abraham. For the Son of Man has come to seek and save that which is lost. I want to ask you, as you're sitting out today, you know, whether you're close to God or far from God, there are people in life that you think are sinners. You know, even people that are atheists, there are certain people that they look on and they look at them as sinners. Who do you think are the sinners? Who are the people you criticize? Who are the people you complain about? Oh, you know, we like to say that those that are close to God think that they're holier than thou, think that they're better than us and all of this kind of stuff. But the reality is, the world is full of judgment. And who are the people that you see as the bad ones? This man Zacchaeus that Jesus dealt with, he was one of the people that the community saw as being one of the bad ones. And what does Jesus say? He says, for the Son of Man has come to seek and save that which was lost. So guess what? If you consider yourself to be one of those bad, bad people, you know, the baddest of the bad. Well, I've got news for you. Jesus said the reason he came to this earth, the reason that he limited himself to the extreme extent that the creator of the whole universe, the one through whose hands and through whose mouth everything was created, became one of us. He became limited to our existence. He could only be in one place at one time. And he depended totally on the Holy Spirit in order to let things happen. And he came here to live as a, as a model for the life that we can live. This same Jesus, he went through all of that to seek and save that which is lost. And therefore, he is our model. And if we really believe in him, we also seek to save that which is lost. And what did Jesus say in Luke 4, 4, verse 18 and 19? He said, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me. Anointed me means he has power. He has the power of a king. So Jesus was anointed king of the kingdom. I want you to realize that when we're following the Great Commission, when we're following the commands of Jesus, he is the king of the kingdom. We make him our king. And he he was anointed. He's anointed me to what? To preach the gospel to the poor. Stop complaining that people are poor. Preach the gospel to the poor. 
He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted. Don't sit there and complain on Instagram about people that are brokenhearted and all the terrible things other people have done to them. You know, sometimes these social justice things happen. Someone gets shot by a cop. A woman gets femicided. Whatever. You know you have these things and they, they seem to happen almost monthly. It's all good and well posting about that. But instead of doing that and and just saying things and and blaming someone else for what happened to those people, isn't it about time we went out to heal the brokenhearted? To preach liberty to the captives. So those who are oppressed, those who are in a prison of oppression, it may be drug addiction, it may be whatever, to, to go and proclaim liberty to the captives because Jesus is true liberty. Jesus is true freedom and recovery of sight to the blind. When last did you pray for someone who was sick? To set at liberty those who are oppressed. We don't need people in parliament who are economically fighting for our freedom. Because no politician can get your freedom. To set at liberty those who are oppressed. Unless a person is set at liberty in their soul, they are oppressed. I don't care how much money they have. Some of the most oppressed people in the world have the most money in the world. And to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. The acceptable year of the Lord, the NLT puts it this way. This is the time that the Lord's favor has come. We spoke about gratitude last week and I want to ask you, have you started living as if this is the time that the Lord's favor has come? Yeah, but there's COVID. We're in the third wave. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter if there's COVID or cancer or war or whatever comes. The time of the Lord's favor has come. Do you have the faith to believe that? And so we look at our story today from Luke 19, 1 to 10. Then Jesus entered and passed through Jericho. And now behold, there was a man named Zacchaeus who was a chief tax collector. Now I want you to understand something. In the gospel, there are levels of sinners. So you had people. Then you had the bad people, the criminals. Then you had the really bad people who were the tax collectors because they were traitors. They would collect taxes for the Romans. The Romans were the occupying force. Now, Zacchaeus wasn't just one of the really bad people being a tax collector. He was a chief tax collector. He was the baddest amongst the bad. He was a chief tax collector and he was rich. Why was he rich? He dripped people off. And he sought to see who Jesus was. But he could not because of the crowd... For he was short of stature. Now, the first thing is, he sought to see who Jesus was. Why? Because he'd heard someone had preached about Jesus. And then he couldn't get to Jesus because there was a massive crowd with Jesus and he was short. So he ran ahead and climbed up a sycamore tree to see him, for he was going to pass that way. And when Jesus came to the place, he looked up and saw him and said, Zacchaeus, make haste and come down, for today I must stay at your house. Can you imagine how the town's going to begin to talk? Oh, look who he's hanging around with now. Oh, look at this. Look who he's hanging around with now. 
And then he goes on and says, so he made, made, made haste and came down and received him joyfully. As you're sitting here today, have you received Jesus joyfully? I want to let that marinate in your spirit quickly for a second. Have you received Jesus joyfully? And then it says, but when they saw it, they all complained saying, he has gone to be a guest with a man who is a sinner. Then Zacchaeus stood and said to the Lord, Lord, look, I give half my goods to the poor. And if I've taken anything from anyone by false accusation, I restore fourfold. And Jesus said to him, today salvation has come to this house because he's also a son of Abraham. For the son of man has come to seek and save that which was lost. I want you to think about Zacchaeus. Zacchaeus was the kind of guy who would take money from his own people to give it to the oppressor. And he would be paid handsomely by the oppressor to help oppress his own people. He would take money from his own family. His own family probably saw him as a traitor. Even worse, they would steal from their own people. So they wouldn't just take the taxes that were due. They would steal from their people because the government didn't care as long as the government got its taxes. The government didn't care how the tax collector treated the people. And so these tax collectors became wealthy. They became rich. They became stinking rich by being traitors. And so in the presence of a tax collector, people would spit on the floor. And they'd walk on the other side of the street because this was a really bad sinner. Who are the really bad guys for us? Maybe we think about the rapists. Maybe we think about the racists. Maybe we think about the homophobes. You know, being a homophobe now, hey, that's, if you're a homophobe, you're you have the plague. It's better to have COVID than to be a homophobe. So he has a guy who's the baddest of the bad. He has about Jesus. And the baddest of the bad wants to get to Jesus. But there's a problem. The same as, you know, with the, the four friends who carried the paralytic. There was a crowd in the way. The crowd gets in the way. I want you to notice time and time again, the crowd gets in the way of people getting to Jesus. And Zacchaeus, as I said, he had heard about Jesus because someone had bothered to preach about Jesus. And I want to tell you that unless we, the church, preach to people about Jesus, then people aren't going to hear about Jesus. The crowd can be in the way. And how do we know if we're the crowd? We're the crowd if we're not fulfilling the plans and the will of God. Then we get in the way of other people getting to Jesus. So what do you do if you know you're part of the crowd? You obviously need to repent. But then the next question is how do you know if you're part of the crowd? Well, um, what did the crowd do? Look at Luke 9, 19 verse 7. When they saw it, 
they all complained, saying, He's gone to be a guest with a man who's a sinner. Listen to how the crowd complains. Oh, he's gone to be the guest in a house with the sinners. How can you hang with that person, Jesus? Now, when the crowd says, he's gone to hang with those sinners, he's gone to hang around with them, there must be a problem with him. When the crowd says this, what is the meaning of this? What they're saying is, yes, someone whose sin is worse than mine. I'm not a rapist. I'm not a racist. I'm not one of those bad things. But I want to ask you something. Sometimes we have people in our lives that are actually good people. But they just rub us up the wrong way. They're in our lives. We can't get rid of them. But they rub us up the wrong way. What about those people? Because we complain about them too. Here's the thing. God has yoked us with him. And why has he yoked us with him? Why has he put us with those people? Because there is a flaw in our character and he wants us to be just like Jesus. So he says, yes, Bob's going to be in your life. Because... Bob rubs, rubs you up the wrong way. But, but when you get agitated and aggravated, irritated, fearful, maybe you want to protect yourself, maybe you're trying to you know, get some security going, whatever. Maybe you feel threatened by Bob, whatever it may be. Then God is saying, I'm exposing to you the fact that there's a flaw in your character. And it doesn't just mean because there's a flaw in your character and now they're rubbing you up the wrong way. That does not mean that they're a bad person. You know what I've seen in our country? Our country is an awesome country. Our people are incredibly resilient. I wouldn't want to live anywhere else. I'm going to be honest with you. Because it doesn't matter what, what we, I mean, we had apartheid government forever, whatever government we got now, it doesn't matter what the government throws at people. And sometimes, you know, some governments throw pies at their people. Sometimes I feel that over many years, our governments have thrown bombs at the people. And even when the bomb explodes in their face, the people are incredibly resilient. But you know, sometimes I sit down with, with white people and they can't handle the black people. And sometimes I sit down with black people and they can't handle the white people. You know, when I've spoken to people like that, you know what I find? <clears throat> like with the white people, sometimes they know a black person. They say the blacks are like this, like that. And then you say, what about Sipo? No, he's different. He's not black. <laughs> Maybe even some of you that are here, because obviously the majority of our church are black. Yeah, those white people. And then I say, but what about me? Then I've had people say to me, yeah, but you're different. No, I'm not. I'm white, guys. And I'm proud of it. I'm white like me. Come on, give me a round of applause for that one. I'm going to go start products. You know, no, it's a joke. It's a joke. But the fact of the matter is, I've sat down with someone in this past week, a white guy. No, he can't handle. He needs to leave this country. Can't handle. I, I said, no, bro, you can. You can. No, the black guys are all communists and, and I can't handle. I want to tell you, we sit there and we complain. And now, yes, I'll tell you, some, some black people are very bad, but some are very good. And some white people are very bad, but some are very good. The issue is, who rubs you up the wrong way? 
for no reason. There's nothing that they've done. Just you have an issue. There's a problem in your character. And I want to tell you that God brings people into your life and you can complain about them, but you need to ask yourself, why has God put this person here? What in my life needs to change? And I want you to think, obviously, people in our church live in South Africa. And my question to you is, what is there in your life that you complain about? Being a South African, what is there that you complain about? You know, I've mentioned one example, but maybe you complain about the government. Maybe you complain about uh, white monopoly capital. Maybe you complain about all sorts of things. But I want to ask you a question. How many people on this continent, the continent of Africa, would gladly take your problem, whatever it is that you're complaining about, if they could get the blessing that you have of living in this nation and having papers, having documentation, having an ID? If they could just have, if they could take all your problems and and with with all those problems comes an ID book, they take it like this. I want you to realize complaining gets in the way. And when people in the church complain, we get in the way of other people like your Zacchaeus is getting to Jesus. I want to tell you another little secret. We want Zacchaeus to come to Jesus. Because when Zacchaeus comes to Jesus, Zacchaeus changes. When the hijacker comes to Jesus, the hijacker changes. When the racist comes to Jesus, the racist changes. When the rapist comes to Jesus, the rapist changes. When the one that's guilty of armed robbery comes to Jesus... The armed robber changes. When the murderer comes to Jesus, the murderer changes. And now what if you are Zacchaeus? And the crowd's complaining about you. The crowd's asking, what in the world are you doing here? Well, I want to tell you, faith overcomes the crowd. In Luke chapter 19 verse 4, it says, So he ran ahead and climbed up a sycamore tree to see him, for he was going to pass that way. Zacchaeus, whatever decisions it made, however you know, evil he'd been, I'd gotten wealth the wrong way and all of those kind of stuff. He did not let the crowd stop him getting to Jesus. I want to challenge you today. Do not let the crowd stop you from getting to Jesus. He never let people's offenses stop him. He never let other people's issues keep him away from Jesus. People of faith always overcome the crowd. People of faith always overcome the media. People of faith always overcome the social media. And Zacchaeus didn't care what people said about him. I mean, the moment Jesus is calling him, saying, I'm coming to us today, they say, look at this guy, he's hanging around with sinners. He didn't care about that. He didn't care what people did to him or the names they called him. He didn't care. And I want you to think about this picture. What we have here is a wealthy man. So although he's not liked, he's wealthy. Because he's wealthy, he has status. He's well known. He probably had designer clothes. He probably had the the top brands. And yeah, he comes in an undignified way. He climbs up a tree in order to see a man from Galilee. And Galilee wasn't where the people that were it came from. Here's another thing. The crowd didn't see Zacchaeus. 
The crowd was going past, but Jesus saw Zacchaeus. And I want to tell you, if you climb up a tree for Jesus, he will see you. We do not see people anymore because we judge him. When someone is serving you at the shop, do you even know that they're a person? You know, in many of the shops, people have a name tag. There's a badge. Ha, my name is. Do we even notice? Or do we treat them as part of the till? And if the machine, this till, this person who's just a till to us, is too slow, we start complaining. Call the manager! And you don't see their needs. You see yourself as a customer. You see, I'm paying. And so rather than helping them, rather than discipling them, rather than giving them some advice, we call the manager because we're paying. We're complaining because we're a customer when we're paying with the money that God gave us. You do realize that every cent you have, God gave you. How many people have you walked past this week that you haven't even noticed? Stop and speak to people and find out what their needs are. And pray for them. When you connect with people, people remember you. You know, many people are trying to get the most followers on Facebook or Instagram or one of these social media things. Many people are trying to become famous in this way and that way and the next way. But let me tell you, if you just stop and notice people and you ask after them, you will be well known. People will remember you. People will eventually come up to you you don't even know. You'll be famous. You won't even know you're famous. When you stop to speak to people, you find out what their needs are. If, if you will pray for someone, the next time you see them, you might not remember who they are, but they will remember you. You will seem famous, but it's not actually fame. It's just that you love people. And people will come and ask you to pray for them. I want to ask you another challenging question. When last did someone come and ask you to pray for them? People should be asking you to pray for them all the time. Jesus saw Zacchaeus and he calls him by name. Oh, what a difference it makes when you call people by name. Not by their attributes, not by what they've done. but because they are perfectly and wonderfully created in the image of Almighty God. Luke 19 verse 5, And when Jesus came to the place, he looked up and saw him and said, Zacchaeus, make haste, come down, for today I must come to your house. We don't call people by their names anymore. We call people by their failures. We call people by their weaknesses. We call people by their sins. I want to encourage you today. Don't call people, especially if you've got children. Don't call people or your children by their failures. 
call them by name. Jesus doesn't say, you dirty, rotten tax collector, come here, we must come and cleanse your house. He calls him by name. He says, Zacchaeus, come down from that tree. Make haste. Come fast. I'm coming to your house for tea. He doesn't get weird. He doesn't say, oh, Zacchaeus, you are so evil. Yes, I'm in the presence of evil. Now some Christians are like that. Come into the house. Now we must sprinkle the whole thing with oil because there's all this evil money bought all this stuff. Oh, we're so sophisticated. Oh, Zacchaeus, if you were to die today and you'd wake up, would you wake up in the arms of Jesus or would you wake up in hell? Jesus doesn't say that to him. Or maybe you're too politically correct. Is it okay if you would like to um, possibly, maybe allow me to maybe come to your house, if it's okay with you, Would you like uh, to come to church? It's very cool. They got Illy coffee. And one of the singers, he'll make the coffee for you. It's really cool, eh? That's weak. Or do you say, I must come to your house. I want to pray for you. I want to pray for you and your family. Why? I believe God's got to answer for you. What happens? He jumps down. He runs to his house to prepare for Jesus, and then he receives Jesus, and you must receive Jesus to be saved. If, you, if, if you're watching this sermon, or if you're here in this place, um, you must receive Jesus to be saved. If you don't receive Jesus, you're not saved. And in Luke 19 verse 8 it says, Then Zacchaeus stood up and said to the Lord, Look, Lord, I give half my goods to the poor, and if I've taken anything from anyone by false accusation, I restore fourfold. You know what Zacchaeus does? Jesus just comes. Zacchaeus has an encounter with Jesus, and this is why the encounter weekends are so important. He has an encounter with Jesus. When you have an encounter with Jesus, you see exactly who you are. You see exactly who you are. And then you see the cross. And then you see how much that same Jesus loves you. And you see the extent to which he went to save you. He spent three days in the grave. Three days he was dead. So that you won't have to die. What does Zacchaeus do? He does what every person that's had an encounter with Jesus does. Um, let me tell you what a person does when they have an encounter with Jesus. They fix up what they messed up. Jesus didn't tell him he had to do all of this stuff. You know, when you have an encounter with Jesus, no one has to tell you what to fix up. You know, and you want to. Because you feel the love of God. And then because Zacchaeus says, I, out of my own, am going to give half my money to the poor. Jesus never told him to do that. He says, I'm giving half my money to the poor. And those that I've stolen from, I'm going to give it back to them four times. I'm going to, if I stole a hundred, I'm giving them four hundred. 
And Jesus says in Luke 19 verse 9, Today salvation has come to this house because he's also a son of Abraham. I want to tell you, you can also become a son or a daughter of Abraham. And I want to tell you, you know, even as a church, when you go visit one house, the whole house can be saved. Because look what, look what Jesus says to Zacchaeus. He says to him, today salvation has come to this household. We're going into winter. And I want to encourage you this winter that you go and be just like Jesus. Go visit people in their homes. Go invite people into your home. Sure, take the precautions. Do whatever you must. But invite people. Invite people who speak a different language to you. Invite someone who is different to you. Invite someone that you can be a blessing to and you know they can never pay you back. It's all good and well to do favors for people that can pay you back. You know, buying birthday gifts for people you know can buy your birthday gifts back. That's cool. I'm, I'm not have an issue with that. But what about those who can't pay you back? There's a problem when people call themselves Christians, but they don't act like Jesus. People ran to Jesus. But you know, sometimes people run away from church. Why? Because we don't always act like Jesus. I'm telling you now, if we become like Jesus, watch him flock. Watch him flock. And, and I want to tell you, why, why, why is an encounter with Jesus such a big deal? Because it takes your life to a whole nother level. As I said, even the people that are problems in your life, even the people that rub you up the wrong way, you see them in a whole different light when you've had an encounter with Jesus. You know that every person that you're speaking to, every person that you're talking to, they have a soul that's crying out for the presence of God. But I I just want to get back to this. If you're desperate for Jesus, I want you to remember that picture of where Jesus walks and he sees Zacchaeus in the tree. If you're desperate for Jesus, Jesus will see. You know, Jesus himself said that anyone who knocks, anyone who knocks, the door will be opened and they will be let into the kingdom. Jesus also said that if we seek God, we will find him. It's a promise. You can take it to the bank. If you seek God, you will find him. All God wants you to do is to start looking. And then, by the way, Jesus takes it a step further. In the book of Revelation, you know what he says? He says it even worse. And I want you to listen. I want everyone to look at me. I want you to listen right now. You know what Jesus says right now? He says, Behold, I'm standing at the door of your heart and I'm knocking. Can you hear that? That's Jesus knocking on your heart. He's knocking on your heart right now. Listen. He's knocking right now. There's those weird feelings you've had. Maybe something has has really taken your attention in the sermon. It's Jesus who's knocking. You know what he says? Anyone that opens a door and lets me in, 
I will come and live with him. And whoever abides in me will abide in me forever. That's what he says in the Gospel of John. You know, Jesus is just this incredible guy. He's told me to tell you that. He's this incredible guy that created you. He's this incredible guy that created your family and everyone you know. He's this incredible God that created the earth beneath your feet and the trees and the flowers and the oceans and the mountains and the valleys and the deserts and the jungles. Jesus is the guy who created Mars. You know, they're sending rovers onto Mars now to go and explore Mars. People want to go live on that planet. Jesus created all of that. Can you imagine how busy he must be? Yet that same Jesus is standing at the door of your heart and he's knocking. And he says, if you will open your heart, I will come in. And I will live with you. In Romans 10 verse 8 and 9, the apostle Paul tells us, how do we open the door? We have faith. If we have faith, we believe in Jesus. He saves us. And it says, but what does it say? The word is near you. In your mouth and in your heart. That is the word of faith we preach. That if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. What I'm telling you today, Jesus is knocking at your heart. I'm also telling you today that your eternal destiny is at stake. Where are you going to spend eternity is at stake. If your heart is hard, I want you to listen to the, to the Lord. Your forever is at stake. If you're sitting here in this place, or you're sitting at Henley, or you're sitting at one of the other sites, or you're sitting at home in your lounge, or you're listening to the audio, Jesus is speaking to you now. He's saying, open your heart to me. Allow me to soften your heart with the Holy Spirit. I want you to repent. I want you to stop thinking like the world. The world thinks that if it gets money, everything's cool. But it isn't. The world thinks that it has a right. To harbor bitterness and unforgiveness. You can do that, but it will cause the death of you. And you'll hate your love. You know, when people say they've got issues, how many of the issues would go away if they just forgave? Today, your eternal destiny is at stake. And I'm going to invite you to come to the altar of Jesus right now. Come to him right now because at the altar we we release everything. We release the things other people have done to us. We release the things we've done to other people. We, We release the things that have placed a barrier between us and Almighty God. And what do we do? We put our trust in him to save us. Don't think you can wait until later. You may not have later. First of all, you don't know when your time's going to come to leave this earth. But secondly, 
if the Lord's been speaking to you right now, He might also be giving you a warning to say, look, today is the day of your salvation. Don't wait another day. Give your life today. If you don't give your life today, something will shut down in you. You will never have this opportunity again. You may live for another 50 years. You will never have this opportunity again. And the Lord's saying to you, come back to me now. Come back to me now. It's time to make the Lord Jesus the foundation of your life. And I'm going to ask you to close your eyes. When you come to the altar today, you're saying, Lord, this is the time. I want to commit to you right now. I want to submit my life completely to you right now. I cannot wait until later. I don't want to wait until I get home. I want to commit to you now. I don't want to live eternity far from you. Lord, I want to live close to you from today on so that when death does one day come knocking, I won't be afraid of it because I'll know that I'm going to live forever with you. Maybe you're just feeling like you need to come back to Jesus. Maybe you need to recommit your life to Jesus. Then I'm going to encourage you to do so. But I'm also going to say to you, if you're at home or if you're listening via the audio, and you're making this decision right now. Then I'm going to ask you to send an email to info at activechurch.org. Info at activechurch.org. And if you send that email, you just tell us, I've given my life to Jesus for the first time, or I'm recommitting my life to Jesus today. And leave a contact detail. We'll get in touch with you. We're going to pray together, and I'm going to ask you to repeat this after me. But before we do that, I'm going to ask you to place your right, place your right hand on your heart. I want all of us to see this, but especially those that have raised our hands. Those that have sent the emails, especially us, but all of us. I want you to see Jesus standing before you. You see the cross next to him. He's the risen Christ. And at the foot of the cross, you see the blood of Jesus. And that blood is the price that he paid. So that we can have a relationship with the Father, that we can go to heaven, that we can live there forever. And, and this Jesus... That we're seeing today. He's the same Jesus today, yesterday, and forever. He died on the cross for us over 2,000 years ago. And his work stands for us once and for all. And the blood that he shed was the price that he paid that will wash our sins away. I'm going to ask you now to repeat after me as we pray. Say, Lord Jesus, today I recognize that I'm a sinner. I repent of everything I've done wrong. I renounce my life of sin. And I accept the sacrifice. And I know that it was a sacrifice you paid for my redemption. And today, Lord, I ask that the blood of your wounded body would wash me clean of all my rebellion. And all my sin. That you'd set me free from any sickness and pain. I accept that my debt has been paid. That because of this. There is no outstanding balance. You paid everything for me on the cross of Calvary. And I accept that by your blood I'm justified. And you've made it as if I've never sinned. And that by your blood I'm sanctified. 
which means I'm set apart to serve you. And Lord, I want to serve you. And so I open the door of my heart and I invite you to come in as my Lord and Savior. Thank you for saving me and for giving me eternal life. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Redemption so high, Jesus.